Want to be confident when talking about yourself and explaining what you do? Join my free 21-day confidence building course. You'll learn how to construct a personal elevator pitch, learn how to not be awkward in social situations, how to have awesome conversations, among other important skills to help you crush life. Best of all, it's free. Sign up now at freeconfidencecourse.com. From the C Method, my name is Christina Cantors, and this is Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you communicate with confidence and clarity so you can get what you want in business and in life. To subscribe to the show and download the back catalogue, go to thecmethod.com slash podcast. What's up, peeps? It's Christina here with you for episode 38. Now, tell me, do you feel like you have permission to be 100% human at work? Does your boss or do your team members treat you like a human? Or if you are the boss or are a manager, do your staff come into work feeling happy, excited, motivated, and free to be themselves? And if you don't know, are you willing to find out? This concept of being 100% human is something I was very curious to chat about with this week's guest, who, by the way, is a force to be reckoned with. Christine Kaur is a leader in the business world. She's a passionate entrepreneur who can't sit still. She's a self-proclaimed change junkie, and she lives for innovation and growth. Her company, Chorus Executive, specializes in executive recruitment. They also coach and mentor high-performing, talented people to help them develop their personal brand and find the right organization for them. She's also chair of the Victorian Development Board of The Hunger Project, an organization that helps people in poverty-stricken countries feed themselves and their families. Remember how I spoke at the Fight for Your Why event, and I podcasted about it in episode 30. Oh, 35, I think it was. Well, that event raised money for the Hunger Project, and that's how I met Christine. In this conversation, we're talking about what Christine learned from her trip to Necker Island with Richard Branson. Yeah, that's Richard Branson's island. And we talk about why it's important to be authentic and 100% human at work, and also why it's so valuable to say yes to opportunities, even if there's no money involved. I really enjoy this chat. Christine is super passionate and and super funny, and she really cares about helping people and really make uh, bringing a positive difference to to other people's lives. And she's super adventurous too. So I hope you enjoy the episode as well. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash Christine. That's Christine with a C-H. Okay, so let's meet the bubbly ball of energy that is Christine Core. I saw how you you went and partied with Branson. I saw I you dancing on a bar with him. What was that like? Um, it was very spontaneous. And it's fascinating, actually, because I've been to two other major events and I haven't danced. And one was in Uganda and everybody danced uh, in the rain with the, in the village with the villagers. And I remember just sitting back and... Not quite crying, but quite reserved from the whole thing because I just wasn't there. I wasn't free enough to do it. Um, and in Antarctica, and I actually caught up with one of the girls that I went with, and she said, "Chris, I'm going to get you to get, dance one day." And I was because I didn't again in Antarctica. I just didn't like everybody was out on the dance floor, and when it got to that stage, I was like, "No," because I'd lost my 
I'd lost my dancing legs. And then I got to NECA and I don't know what has snapped for me. Well, I do. I do know what snapped, but something had snapped in my head. So other things had changed. But that was the last thing, I think, for me of just unleashing and stuff. And then when he got up, and it was just all meant to be. I was dancing at the front with Jacinta McDonald, who you'll see I'm standing next to. And he got up there and it was like the stool to get up to the bar was right in front of me. And I just looked at her and went, let's go. And she just went, she said another word, but she went, yeah. (laughs) And we just climbed up there and that was it. So it was unthought through. Did he say, I'm going to, or did he just turn on the music and No, well, the music was, the music was there. So we had, um, oh my God, I'm not going to remember her name. Anyway, she's quite a famous American singer. She sings American Boy. Oh. Adele, not Adele. Um, no, she's British. Estelle? Estelle, her. So, sorry, I'm clicking away. American Boy. Yeah, her. So she's been singing. She'd been singing. Um, then we had, you know, music, blah, blah, blah. And that's when all that happened. So we were actually dancing to Estelle, actually. You didn't see her there because she she was on the bar. She got off the bar. She was standing somewhere else and then we hopped up wow. on the bar. And so how did that feel to be just dancing freely? And Well, it wasn't that free, actually, <laughs> because I was worried I was going to fall down because it was only that wide. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know. But it was, it was like a release. It was a bit like a... Um, Champagne pork, you know, like so lots of stuff inside, but not, not hadn't come out for a long time. So I haven't really da- funny. I dance at home with the kids, like we do dance central and we muck around. But in private, well, in public, in that sort of environment, I think over the last few years, business has been such a way that you know, as a managing director of a business, you need to be a certain way. So I contained some of that, and then when I went there and everybody was just crazy and unleashed, then. I became unleashed and a little bit unhinged, and it was just great. It was very freeing. Did you did you bring that back into your business? That that unhinged, free. Yeah, yeah. So I brought a couple of things back. I think the first I've been interviewed about that before, and the first thing I said is I feel so much more love, which sounds really like odd, very strange, but it's like going there and talking to people who have had such great but yet difficult business in you know circumstance um, and personal difficulties to see them come out and just love life and just be so loving and caring and open and generous then you think of yourself and I think I just felt more open and mm. much more yeah much more open to giving much more open to hearing um, and listening and just generally just happier so I've come back like that you know, and I have to be, um, you know, sometimes my team are saying, well, stop being so generous. Like, so I've got the most amazing team and they'll often say, Chris, you're being too generous now. Let's just step that back a little bit. So. Wow. Yeah, I know. How's that? So, because I'm just, you know, I had actually walking into here, I was just having that similar conversation. So my business partner saying, Chris, you need to not be so generous and we need to step that, you know. What are you being generous with? Um, I think generous. I think generous with time, generous with information, generous with money, generous with whatever I've got to give. Um, I caught you at a good time then. 
I say yes a lot. Generous enough to give yeah, to have but, this podcast. But, that's, but that's the thing, right? So people, so I say yes a lot. Mm. Um, and it's a, there's no, I don't necessarily then say, well, what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? It's about, you need a hand. I can give you a hand. It's, it doesn't put me, you know, it doesn't put me way out. I'm not traveling five hours to do it for you. I mean, there's balance. I've got to have balance, but you came to me, you asked 45 minutes. Why wouldn't I? Mm. Oh, well, I really appreciate but you, that. But, but I guess that's why I, you know, so some people always say, well, what do you get for that? And I go, well, I don't know what I get for that. But one of our values here in this business, and it's one of my life values, is karma. Right, so we live by this at Chorus Executive, and I live by that by life. So I'll just do what's right, and then what's right will come back by me. And that may or may not be by the person that I've done right by, mm. but it will eventually be, if that makes sense. Mm. So, so that's how I live my life. One thing that I really love about you is your passion and your energy. Mm. And I've read that you you said that you're a, you're a change junkie. Mm. Can you explain that? Yeah, we never settle. So just when we're getting to a stage where things are starting to settle and be right and can be cruisy, I'll create some other thing. So say at home, right? So we're just in a phase now where we've settled a few things at home, we've moved into this business, you know, we've moved into this office, and then all of a sudden I've said to my husband, I think I want to expand and I think – let's buy the next door or let's move next door as well. And he's like, Chris, we can't, we don't need that. And I'm like, I know, but it's opportune and it's a good time, so let's do that. So, um, and even my business partners, one of them said, Chris, just as things go well, you're going to create something else and that's what happens. I get, I have, um, I'm a, I have a short attention span, but that doesn't mean I don't finish anything. So I'm a completer finisher, so in all those tests, so I start something and I finish it. Like I like I'm the tick the I like to tick things off done done done, um, but I also do get bored quite easily. That and that's why I've reinvented my my business, my services, what I offer to my you know people around me. Um, might even be the way reason why I've changed my brand name so many times. But um, and I've started many businesses. Some of them have been successful. Some of them haven't. But I have ideas and I and I just make things happen. Because you started off doing. Recruiting, right, for sales, marketing, and that's what we still do. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was, started that we had no idea. Sasha and I, when we first started, absolutely none. We started that, grew it to two thousand. We started. We ran that business with some few iterations for about eight years. I then merged it, became Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Um, Was part of that for five years, but a year of four years into that, or three years into that, I hated it. Um, and then four years into that, that's when I ran away to the Uganda and thought, I can't do this anymore. And I came back from there quite changed and quite inspired and quite and knowing that my life is very precious. So because if I was, if I had been born in Uganda instead of being born in Australia, I would be dead because I had trouble with my second pregnancy. Like I would not have survived. I hardly survived here. So there's no way I would have survived there. So for me, every day, I realize that every day is a precious gift for me. So therefore, I have to live that passionately so then that's when we created um chorus executive but what we've done was still recruitment so every along the way it's always been recruitment but we've added more things in so we've added the coaching and the personal branding and the other bits and pieces through to make it a bigger business and 
and that's how I've kept changing things, I guess. I asked Christine about the B team, which is part of the reason why she went to Necker Island with Branson. I was interested in this because they're all about being 100% human, which I found fascinating. So here's what the B team is all about. The philosophy is that to be profitable, sustainable and I suppose meaningful businesses moving forward, that we have to treat our employees um, respectfully and as if they're 100% human, right? doesn't sound hard, does it? It's not hard. It's not hard, but it but it costs, and I think yeah. that's that's the issue. So, um, and it's a movement, so they're calling it a movement, and what they're saying is they want businesses to come on board who want to be 100% human. And being 100% human can mean different things to different organisations and different individuals. Um, and it, But it's how that you can bring your whole self, because the reality is that nobody turning up to work you're not in isolation. The worker, Christina, is diff- is is still impacted by the fight with the boyfriend, Christina, with the I haven't got enough sleep, Christina, with the I've had a hangover, Christina, right? So you can't compartmentalise. And I think the way that work, the industrial revolution, you know, has made us, we sell time from nine to five, we sell time, and that time is owned by somebody else and you are to act and behave in a certain way consistently no ups no downs right so that's the theory of it 100% human says well that's not quite true in a way that the person turning up is this person that's impacted by so many things that will have ups and downs so how do you allow that to be and allow people to play to their strengths because again you know that the old philosophy was well here's your appraisal here's what you're good at but let's not pay attention to that here's all the things that you're terrible at that we need to work on right whereas now it's more around okay these are the things that are impacting your ability to get forward or do a great job let's see whether you can change that want to change that should change that or, the, or whether we go in a different direction and you get a different type of job or you go take a different role or you play to your different strengths or you hire someone else that can do that stuff so you can be exceptional in your strengths because it's easier to improve your strengths than to mm. overcome your weaknesses, right? Having said that, you have to have a there – there has to be a line of what's acceptable or not. Um, Does it also take into consideration – how people work and at different times. Absolutely. And- so it takes – so the whole concept is, again, each business will do it different ways. So 100% human means how do we incorporate, you know, respectful – looking at your team, looking at diversity, looking at – so I, think that, I can't remember all of them because I didn't read it for a while, but it's like respect, team, diversity, equality, and there's one other value, right? So how do you bring that into your workplace? So, and it's very different. So there's no prescription to what it must be. So for some, for example, WordPress, they, they don't believe in moving people geographically. So they don't have a head office. So if you're the best person for this job and you live in San Francisco and your boss is in Montana, that's okay, right? They won't, they won't make you move to him or him to hurt you to make that um, very old-school hierarchical thing that you must sit in the same place, right? Um, here, when we came back, we did a workshop of how to be 100% human, and that was really interesting, actually, because um, we've got a group of very passionate people here. The upside of passion is fun, joy, dancing on tables. The, the yeah. bad part of passion is bad temper, right? right? 
get fired up. You, you get, get fired up, you slam phones, you know, you, 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 you swear, whatever. So there's an up and down of both of those things. And when we talked about being 100% human, it was like, well, being 100% human on the upside is fine. Being 100% human on the downside is not so fine and actually not acceptable in the workplace. If you so. come in going, oh, I'm so hungover, I'm not doing any work today. There's a bit of that, but there's a bit of, you know, you have a fight with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever and you come in and you're just swearing and grumpy and slamming doors and, you know, you smash a glass against the sink because you can't be bothered to, you know, that's not good. So that's human and that might be your true self, but that's actually not acceptable in the workplace. So it was a really interesting conversation that we had. Um, I guess the main... The main premise or the main thoughts coming out of being 100% human is just accepting that people are people and that we can't be robotic and that we have to nurture all the different parts of ourselves. So we have to nurture the creative, the spiritual, the, the physical health, the family health. You know, you gotta, you gotta love all those things and nurture and not feel people, make people feel bad because they need to go home to see the sports club or, you know, that they're really trying to give up smoking. So give them time to do and do those things or, you know, their religious freedom, whatever it may be. So it's just. So what's the benefit out of doing all of those things? Well, all the studies that you see is the higher engagement leads to higher productivity, leads to higher retention and higher retention and, you know, the first year of employment of a person is three times their annual salary. So if you paid someone $100,000, the cost actually to a business is 300000 in the first year. Mm-hmm. So if you can hire less people, which totally goes against recruitment, but if you can actually hire less people because they're staying four years instead of three or three instead of two, you're actually putting a lot of money to the bottom line. And, and also when you've got happier people, you're more productive. So if you go to work and you know that, you know, things are good and you like your boss and you're doing challenging work and you're going to be rewarded, you're going to spend more time working than you are going to be bitching around the corner because you didn't get this or you didn't get that or she got that and he got that, right? So I think happier people are more productive and they're also better with customers So any or anybody client-facing. So if you think... Think every time you go to a Subway or a McDonald's or a restaurant or a Medibank or wherever you go, if you've got a happy person there, it's so much nicer to be there, oh, right? So good. If yeah. you've got a grumpy, right, <laughs> when you turn up, that's no good. So, so again, if they've got, if they're feeling that they're allowed to be their authentic self and 100% human when they're at work, they're going to be happy with their customers, which then leads to you recommending that organisation or that restaurant or that Pilates studio. It means that you come back again so you're making more money for them. So there's just this whole cycle of people being happy. Like it's just nicer to be around people that are happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know that with, I mean, I've, I've learned a bit about office, about work culture and how you go about changing the culture of an organisation. And places where I've worked before, there were definitely initiatives to say, okay, we've got to change the culture. However, it was quite difficult when it wasn't coming from top level it's impossible. management because I found that there were a lot of people who were really enthusiastic about it, but then it wasn't enough to get it going. So what can people, you know, what can people in an organization do if, if, you know, top level is not quite there, but the people want to make the change. The change? Um, what can they do? That's interesting. Firstly, I would say that it, it, the top has to engage it mm. because yeah, 
because they're the leaders of the business and whatever they set in play, it's like values in a family. Mum and dad have to set the values and then it yeah. sort of flows down from there. However, if you're in a situation where it's middle management or whatever that wants to change the culture, I think first thing is you at least need to get the leadership team understanding the financial benefits of changing culture. Right? Even if they don't understand it um, emotionally, if you actually say, here's the feedback that we've got, like I, I would dare say make it um, more rational. So here's the feedback that we've got, um, our engagement is this score, our retention is this, it's costing us this, they're not happy about I don't know, lack of communication or lack of good reward system, let's put these things in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, management, even though you don't believe in this greater communication, let's just fake it till you make it. Let's just, you know, you don't, you don't feel that you have to communicate, but you actually do. So let's just, let's schedule that in. So if it doesn't come naturally, what generally happens in any change management scenario is even if you don't want to do something, if you're forced to do something, you get positive reinforcement, you'll do it again. Then you get more positive reinforcement, then you do it again. That's how you change habits, yeah. right? So, and I think, if that's the case, that's what you would have to do with senior leadership. I would say it's be it'd be really hard if you don't have a senior leadership team that are going to buy into this. I don't, I don't know. I've never seen it work mm. if the senior leadership team is not bought into it. At least some of them. So, do you work with senior leadership teams as as well? Like, do you, do you actually help companies implement this? Yeah, no. So, okay. I what I do now is that I work with organizations but also with individuals of how to find their own place where they can be 100% human so my role is when I speak to employers and they say this person must have I try to bring the human person back into it and I say well why would this person want to work here why you know what if they can already do it in this business why would they come to your business if they're not going to learn anything? Why would they come if they're going to earn less? Why would they come if they're going to have to drive an extra half an hour? So I try to bring that human element. With my coaching work with candidates, I try to bring a different perspective of what you know, being being somewhere and finding a job or finding a career that inspires them rather than what they just can do. So... I'm loving this lady I'm, I'm working with at the moment and she came in with really clear goals that she wanted to be a you know general manager of a business and do this, that and the other. And as we came around and we did more coaching, we had and I was challenging her more and, and questioning her, she actually came in and said, I've decided I want to I want to write. I want to be a writer. Yeah. It's like, well, that's quite different from – and she said, I know. And then we worked, and then I said, oh, what do you want to write? And she said, oh, write about this, this, and this. And I said, why do you want to write that? Is that what you're passionate about? She said, no, not really. And I said, well, why would you want to write about that? And she said, because that's what I know about. And I said, but all right, let's pretend, pretend that you could write about anything. What would it be? And she said, I'd want to write about this over here. And I was like, well, why can't you do that? She goes, well, I guess I can. So, you know, it's about. I love that. Yeah, so it's about, and then. You start asking questions. People often never ask themselves they these don't. questions and no one ever asks them that. What do you really, really what want? want? What do you want to do? So in all my coaching, I always ask a question, and this comes out of the Hunger Project actually. Um, if it wasn't be for X, I would do Y. So most of us have a reason, but we don't do something. So if it wasn't for the fact that I was a, I'm a full-time, oh, like I'm a mother, I'd travel the world. Okay, well, actually... 
Why? Why can't you pack up the kids? So many other people put kids in a camper van and go or go. Why can't? So it's actually not the fact that you're a parent that's stopping you. You're stopping you. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I didn't have any, um, university degree, I would be a managing director. Okay, well, go and get a university degree. You know, what's stopping you? Oh, I can't. Why? You know, so there's always something that stops. But ultimately, nothing stops you. Only yourself stops you. I read this great, I think it was an interview. Oh, no, it was, do you know um, Matthew Michaelwitz? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I like his book. I've seen him speak and he's really funny, really yeah, yeah. engaging. I like him. And he, I think it was him, and he was saying that he likes to ask people, he likes to ask everyone he meets, if if you had one year to live, yeah, what would you do? Has he asked you that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, he likes to ask people that. And he said most of the time their eyes light up and they go, oh, I would go traveling, I would go do this, I would go do that. And he was saying, and then he thinks to himself, why does it take death or the the premise of death that's about to happen to actually make people go and do the things that they really want to do instead of saying, hang on, you've got so many years left now and, in fact, you don't know how many you, years? Death might be in a year. You never know. Yep. Yep. Yet you're just you're waiting for death to be imminent before you actually go and do what you want to do. Yep. And I I just really like that story. And he and he and he writes it about it in his book, um, Life in Half Life yep. in Half a Second. So, yeah, Life in Thirty Second. I love it. So yep. so th- so my year this year because I'm basing a lot of my life on this at the moment. Mm. <laughs> I've been to Antarctica. I went to Necker Island. Yeah. I went to Singapore, but that was, you know. Um, and then I've just signed to go to the Amazon. I'm signing up, so I fly out on the 28th of January. Your kid's going? No, no, no. I've written <laughs> my book, which launches. Yeah. So I'm launching it actually in the Amazon. So that's because I'm just saying yes. So, I've been, you know, we're starting a new business. Like we're doing a whole lot of different things because of that. So, I, as I said to you, when I came back from Uganda, I realised that I'm – I'm lucky to be here. I really am lucky to be here. And also I do feel it's a duty that I've got to give my kids a role model to live a passionate life. I do not want them to live an obligated life. I did live that life for quite a long time. And as a parent um, and as an owner of a business, I have responsibilities. You know, if I'm not financially responsible, my team can't pay their mortgages and my children can't eat, right? So I've got to be responsible, but at the same time, I've got to, I've got to be responsible in a passionate way because I'm, if I come in and it's all, mm. oh, I've got to see another candidate or I've got to do another, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to make another dinner. Like it's just, it's, life's horrible. So, and I refuse to have that life. I love that. That's so good. More people need to have your attitude. Yeah, well. And just, and just saying yes to things. Like I, I'm, I'm so, I love learning new things. And whenever I take an interest in something, I do everything I can to learn about it. Yeah. And the other week I actually went to a property finance seminar, yeah. which, because that's an area that I want to learn more about. And, I, and it was a free one. Yeah. And everyone I spoke to was like, oh, it's going to be a scam. They're going to try and sell you stuff. And. Even friends who were interested in property were like, oh, no, I don't trust that. It's dubious. They were really dubious. Yeah. And I went and it was so good and I learned so much and the people there were amazing and they didn't try and sell me anything. And I came away from that going, that's just that's just amazing and I'm so much better off for going. But, and I understand why people are dubious about property seminars because there are a lot of dodgy ones yeah. out there. 
Um, but the, the but the number of people that just um, shut it down, shut the idea down before even actually exploring it or thinking about it yeah. was. I think that rec- that represents a lot of people's attitudes to a lot of things in life. They hear Absolutely. an idea and they're just like, oh, nah, I'm dubious. I've, heard, I've read about something like that and they're all dodgy. So I always say when I get to hear that, I always say, hmm, did you, have you already ever gone out with a really bad guy? And I go, yeah. I go, okay. So never go out with another one because they're all the same. You know that? <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're not all the same. I was like, yeah, exactly. So not all recruiters are the same. So I get that all the time. All recruiters are terrible. I'm like, no, they're not. Some are terrible. Some are dreadful, but some are amazing. Like, not all men are bastards. Not all yeah. women are money, you know, gold diggers. Not all, you know, not all Germans are blah, blah, blah. Not all Chinese are good accounting, right? So, like, you can't say that. So I'm the same thing. You know, be aware. Always be aware. But, yeah, not all property investment people are dodgy. Some are very dodgy. Mm. But, and I think... For me, that's sad for the people that are saying no before they even get a try. You know, because they're already, the answer is already no. Like they already haven't learnt anything by not turning up. Whereas even if you went in there and they did try to sell you something, you, my chances are you still would have walked away with some piece of information yeah. that you didn't have before. And if you're smart enough to know that they're trying to sell you something, then you just say, no, thank you. I usually, I usually have the opinion, is this going to take me backwards by going? Is it going every any time there's an opportunity for me to be a part of something or um you know, sometimes people go, Oh, if they're not paying you, then don't do it. And I'm like, Yeah, but it's a really great opportunity and I'm actually and I think, am I worse off for doing this? And if it's actually really adding a lot of value to me, then I say yes. That's right. Because a lot of people just go, if it's not this, then Yeah. Then done. So and and I think payment is a really interesting thing. So how do you get paid? Um, sometimes it's money, mostly in the, in our, it's, it's money. But then, you know, I think I work really hard for the hunger project and I don't pay anything for that. In fact, I pay, you know, like I invest my own money or I, I donate my own money to the hunger project. So I paid it for the privilege of being there, but I get so much more back in, in thought, in, um, satisfaction in knowing that I'm changing generations um, and their future of knowing that I'm, you know, so, so, and just, you're profiting, but just not in a monetary way. That's right. So I think that's the way to look at things. Whereas I think still many people are just very black and white on, if you don't get paid for your time to do this, then it's not worth it. Tell me about your book that's coming out. Okay. So my book is at the printer now. Very excited. Um, I get it, I think, in two weeks. It's called Higher Love, as in H-I-R-E, um, because I believe that ultimately what every employer wants to say is, I love my team. Yeah. And what every candidate or employee wants to say is, I love my job, I love going to work. So what we want to do is we want to hire people that can have be, be in love at work, right? When you're in love at work, you're happier. It's all free. You're more creative. You're more productive. And ultimately, when you're more productive and more passionate, you're actually more profitable. So, and that's the premise of the book. So I do a step-by-step of how to, you know, write the job description, how to write the ad, how to interview people, how to actually identify 
what the type of person that you need in your business um, and I take you through that process and it's the same process that we use here so that's what I've written about. Fantastic. I look forward to reading it. And it's no out, out on the 20th of, of December. December. Yes, okay. we're not doing a launch till February because I'm going to the Amazon. I'm going to launch it there. <laughs> uh, I have to keep dropping that in because I'm so excited about that. And I'm excited for you. I want to go to the Amazon. Yeah, I know. Although my business partner, John, who he's coming with me, he said, I've just been reading about this fish that's in the Amazon that's three feet long. But you've got to be careful. If you fall in, they'll bite you. And I'm like, is it a giant piranha? No, there's piranhas that have teeth and there's other fish that doesn't have any, but it's three feet long and it eats other things whole. It's it is the piranhas. Take... So I don't know. Anyway, so um, yes, I'll get you a book. Awesome. So Higher Love. Higher Love. <laughs> Higher Love by Christine Kaur. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Massive thanks again to Christine Core of Chorus Executive for being an amazing guest on my show this week. Don't forget to keep an eye out for Christine's book, Higher Love. I'll put links to that in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Christine once the book is released. And I'll also put links in there to all the different ways you can reach out to and connect with Christine as well. The book sounds like it's an excellent resource for anyone in HR or recruiting or senior management positions. So if that's you, definitely check it out. And that wraps up episode 38. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you spending some time with me this week. And I'll see you next week for, for a very special Christmas episode. Actually, yes, because we're getting to that time of the year. I hope you're having an amazing wrap-up to the end of your year and that things aren't too stressful for you. (laughs) At least you know there's a podcast waiting for you next week. Whatever you do, keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. This week's song is Human by the Killers, seeing as we're talking about being human, I guess. Are we human or are we dancer? My sign is vital, my hands are cold, and I'm on my knees looking for the hurts my hands.